0: Everyone has a story and I believe that sharing your story has the power to connect people. I'm a working mom, wife and seeker and nothing lights me up and brings me more joy than having meaningful conversations. And one of the things I love to talk about is psychedelics. In December, 2021, I experienced my first psychedelic journey with psilocybin. It was one of the most profound events in my life and it opened me up to a deeper spiritual growth and help me to heal. And now, talking to those who've experienced the therapeutic magic of psychedelics and hearing about their personal journey has become my passion. Mindful Trip is a safe space to have conversations that demystify and destigmatize the use of plant medicines. Conversations that allow us to have deeper connections with ourselves and others. I hope that sharing these intimate, funny and inspiring stories helps you find the answers you're looking for. A wise friend said to me, all you can do is follow the threads and see where it takes you. So I hope you'll join me in unraveling the threads, staying open, and trusting the journey. This is Mindful Trip. Mindful Trip content and the views, thoughts, and opinions of the host, guests, and contributors is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Consult with the medical provider or mental health care professional about your health related questions. Mindful Trip does not encourage illegal activity, including but not limited to the illegal sale, purchase, or use of controlled substances. Hi, and thanks for joining. Today, my guest Tracy T does a deep dive into her life-changing psilocybin journeys, healing from traumatic health issues, and the magic of the number three. Tracy T is the founder of the internationally recognized psychedelic community for mothers, Moms on Mushrooms. Since its launch in 2022, Moms on Mushrooms has been featured on NPR, Good Morning America, Today Show, Rolling Stone Magazine, NBC News, Fox News, and London Times. Tracy has appeared on Dr. Phil and has spoken on panels for PBS, TAM Integration, Microdosing Collective, and was an invited speaker at the 2023 MAPS Psychedelic Science Conference. She lives in Denver, Colorado with her husband of 21 years and their 12-year-old miracle daughter. Your support means a lot, so please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. I'd also love to hear what resonates for you, so send me your comments. Hi, Tracy.
1: Hello. How are you? I am so good. So grateful and honored to be here. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for responding to my
0: DM and my email. I was like, well, I know she's really busy. I'm really hoping that we can connect in some way. And I've had so many friends text me links. You've been all over the place and they're like, do you know who she is? You have to have her on the podcast. I'm like, on it. She is going to be on the podcast. I'm so excited for you to share your story. I can't wait to hear about why you got into psychedelics in the the first place. So share with me what I need to know about you to understand why you decided
1: to explore using psychedelics for therapeutic use. I love the way you asked that question. What do you need to know about me? Well, there's a few things. I'm a mom. I have one daughter. She's about to turn 13. So we're in middle school life. I am a wife. I've been married for 21 years, been together with my husband for over 25 years. And I have had a lifetime of reproductive issues. I had stage four endometriosis probably my entire Most my my entire adult life, it was discovered when I was 26, when I um, had stabbing pains in my stomach and then bled for about 18 days and then finally went to the doctor and discovered that I had a cyst the size of a cantaloupe on one of my ovaries. And it was a cantaloupe after they drained two liters out of it to remove it from my ovaries. So I had this big, like, what the hell? at 26 years old, which now looking back really started me on a path of understanding a woman's body, understanding women's health in a way that I was never taught and never advised, even with all of the millions of doctors I've seen in my life, understanding my own body, understanding stress, not doing a good job at managing stress at all, which led me through a series of many, many surgeries, and then ultimately a full hysterectomy at 41, um, which is very young and very early, which launched me into surgical menopause, which if people aren't familiar, surgical menopause is like instant menopause. So I went in uh, for surgery on, say, I can't remember what day it was, but we'll say it's a Thursday. They took everything, cervix, ovaries, uterus, fallopian tubes, like I got nothing, And then the next day, because everything was removed, I woke up and, like, had hot flashes within 24 hours, which is how quickly your body reacts to not having the hormones that it needs, none of which was also, like really advised to me. All that to say, I have like massive sympathy and different identity awarenesses around women's health because I also had a terrible time getting pregnant, went through a ton of infertility treatments. I had a really horrible birth. I wanted a doula. I had a C-section and then I had this hysterectomy. So I just really sympathize and have a lot of compassion for women and the struggles of what it means to maintain our health and inside that maintain. Our own body autonomy, what it means to be a woman, the guilt and shame around not being able to have a bunch of babies, not having any parts. There's a lot in there. So that's a part of me. And then I am also a recovering type A, like overachiever. And that's ironically, probably my biggest journey (laughs) because recovering type A overachiever and empath. And so I realized very late in life that when someone told me that I was an empath, that like just landed and did all the research. I was like, that's me, that's me. And it's toll, the energetic toll that my deep compassion for others takes on my own body and the core of where that comes from, which is not always healthy. Add to that being an overachiever. I'm I'm like a triple Aries. I'm all the like stereotypic, like typical things. Someone who didn't really feel her feelings most of her life, stiff upper lip, never admit pain, never admit defeat, never break the fourth wall. That was all me. And that made me very effective in achieving my goals and doing things on my own and what I wanted to do. And it also clearly made me very sick and I believe that those things are very intertwined and so truly my biggest journey in this moment is actually learning to love this body that has been chopped and sliced and diced and broken so many times and I have left it so many times to deal with a lifetime of continuous pain and difficulty married with being in my head too much Mm -hmm. and then By the grace of God, truly having like a very elongated spiritual awakening that started about six years ago. And like all roads have led to this. And then the real cherry on top was just giving myself permission to try magic mushrooms in my 40s as just a middle-aged mom who was looking to heal. And that changed my life forever. So that's my... (laughs) overview. Wow. That's who I am. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for sharing some of that background information about the health issues that you had, because the medical community is not set up for women in women's bodies. And a lot of the times women are gaslit. When you go to a doctor, they almost dismiss it and tell you that it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. And there's so many stories of women who have serious issues with their reproductive areas, and they will continuously go to different experts. And they will continuously be told that it's on their head or that they're being dramatic, right? So, oh, yeah. For sharing that, and that you obviously have to advocate for yourself and that you did, and that you were able to finally figure out the reason as to why you were having such issues.
1: Yeah. I mean, because it was finally diagnosed, but I didn't have a lot of support from Western doctors. We affectionately call it the cantaloupe baby. When I had the cantaloupe baby, because the, ironically, that surgery was exactly like a c-section and then when i ended up having a c-section they just reopened that same scar which was a very like circle of life moment for me but when i had the cantaloupe baby i remember asking my doctor after like what do i do now what is endometriosis and it was all in my abdomen i mean it was really bad and i was so young and otherwise healthy and he just shrugged his shoulders and said just come back and find me when you want to get pregnant and I just remembered thinking, there's got to be something more. This seems like a pretty big deal. <laughs> I like, couldn't walk for several weeks. I was in the hospital for a long time. And that just continued. It's like, oh, you have endometriosis. Let's just do this surgery and then you should be fine. I guess I kind of advocated for myself, but it was all so fragmented. There never really felt like there was any support, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate.
0: So then how were you introduced to or how did you even... Start to consider psilocybin, which is magic
1: mushrooms. Was yeah. there a or something that you read that kind of triggered this. All those things, you know. It's so funny. I'm reclaiming my green witchness that has been with me for many years. So I love plants. Like I love plant medicine, all of it, not just the hallucinogenic plant medicine. And if you came over to my house, you would see essential oils everywhere. You would see shelves of dried herbs everywhere. You would see my daughter rolling her eyes at whatever mixture I'm making her take at the moment. And I have been following that plant path for a long time, long, 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 long time. And it's so funny how we don't give ourselves credit for who we are or like what we're passionate about, because it's a little weird. And I was like, always the friend that had the herbs. And always just reading herbal books at night before I went to bed, just so passionate about it, but never really felt embodied in that. I just knew I loved it. So I have been on the plant medicine path for over a decade and was actually, frankly, very scared to take drugs. It's just not something that I was raised around. And then I was raised during the dare years. So I literally thought I would die if I took something. I've smoked some weed, but never even did that till late in college. And that's it. Never tried anything. Even years living in Hollywood, when everyone was like doing coke on the tables, never tried anything. But I had been called to ayahuasca, particularly just really interested in me for many years after I had my daughter and my daughter in 2010. I just remember reading about it and thinking like, this sounds amazing, but how could a mom do that? I'm not gonna leave my kid and go to the Amazon rainforest. So that it's always been in the back of my mind. And then it was actually my best friend during COVID who called me up and she's like, we're going on a camping trip with some other girlfriends Mm. and we're doing magic mushrooms. You're gonna put on your big girl pants and you're gonna do the mushrooms (laughs) and I don't wanna hear about it. And it was amazing. And when I was driving up to that campsite, I thought to myself, if this is the experience that I think it is, Mm. and I had already been like deep on a spiritual path at that point. If this is the experience that I think it is, like there might be something here. And it was just one of those validating, like not only was it just beautiful to be outside in a beautiful Colorado summer next to a lake, camping with girlfriends, super safe, delicious food, Mm -hmm. campfire, good music, and just laughing till you can't even see straight. And then inside that, I saw a grid over the earth and all of the symbols that had ever been written in all of history. And I just deeply understood my connection in my place in this universe. I was confirmed that there is a God watching over me and that I saw the fourth dimension and that we're safe. Like so many things validated. And it's so funny because I, I was like so new and it changed my life. I mean, changed my life forever. And I was like hooked instantly. Wow. Okay. So.
0: I want to get into just this first initial experience because it was obviously a very mystical experience. Yeah. So describe and break down exactly what the experience was like when you were in it. Do you remember how many grams roughly that you might've done the first time?
1: No, no. We just ate a handful of it and chased it with Skittles. (laughs) I still say this. I don't find any fault in a recreational, like that was a beautiful trip. It was perfect. That was your gateway. It was my gateway. And it had to be that way. It had to be with my best friend who I would walk through fire, who would walk through fire for me, who just held so much space. And I was in a space where I could just let it go. It's not necessarily like what we advocate for in Moms on Mushrooms, but that's how we did it. So all of my mushroom experiences are very mystical. I go straight to God. Like that is my direct channel to God. And so I'm a very visual dialed in, like Mm -hmm. crown chakra blown open. And it's really me and God and a variety of other angelic and celestial helpers who have come in and out throughout my other journeys. I always sort of see the similar things, which is a grid, which is the interconnection of it all. I, I do see all the symbols, a lot of numbers, a lot of math, a lot of triangles that for me was shown to me as like, that is my reminder of protection and the power of three. None of which I ever knew about that. A lot of that came in with my first like guided journey with a shamanic guide. And I was told and shown all the different ways that I am protected and how I have been protected my whole life and how I will remain protected. I'm a very much, I need proof. I'm very right brain. When I do journeys, they're like, okay, we're going to show you. so that you remember and then every journey is a new chapter from the last one like okay we told you that now we're going to implement it today so so you're seeing all these visuals i'm assuming what you're describing
0: is almost like sacred geometry that's being shown to you right fractal geometry yep were there any clear messages that were being downloaded to you did any of your ancestors come through was there anything from your childhood that came through in terms of things that needed to be healed Hmm.
1: I'll share like. Or even maybe my, another journey that you've done that. Yeah. Night. I'm kind of reflecting on all of them now. I mean, they're all so different and unique and and different people show up. I do sort of have, I call them the Lido deck, like this group of guides and I'll explain to you why, because it's actually an interesting story and I don't think I've ever shared it. So my very first guided journey came after over a year from that fateful night on the beach and came through a series of other like really horrible events my family was hit by a drunk driver in the middle of the day my daughter my niece were in the car it was a horrible experience but i was really able to heal and alchemize that experience like in real time because i had been microdosing and i launched into microdosing quickly after the night at the lake because I was looking for a way to and I was on Wellbutrin at the time because of my hysterectomy which I'm so grateful my functional medicine doctor just was like you need something to bridge this transition for you so you don't completely lose your mind and I'm so grateful for it because I didn't have really awful mood swings I was able to mitigate a lot but I knew that I didn't want to be on it forever and so I was looking for kind of a replacement for my Wellbutrin I was looking for ways to help my body in this like early menopause that I was in. And I was looking for ways to deepen my spiritual healing. And I was looking for ways to not be high because I'm a mother. And so microdosing really made a ton of sense for me. And when I started microdosing, my life just went, woo. And then fast forward a year later, we get hit by a drunk driver. Another big boom in my life story which just blew open all my chakras and then led me to my first mentor because I was looking for a therapist for my daughter and finally got connected with a woman who would like see my kid after this horrible accident. And then I went in to see her after she saw my daughter. And within three months I was on the floor doing, I think I did four grams of penis envy on my first like guided journey. And of course I went straight to God. It was a big dose and it was a hundred percent one of the most, if not the most life-changing experience I've ever had in my life. In terms of like what was revealed to me, I'll just share the story. So I was obviously scared still like, what am I doing? Part of me just thought it wasn't right. Really judging myself, nervous about it, drank about half my cup of medicine and then was kind of in it and in and out of things. And my guide was like, do you want to take some more. And I just heard this voice just say, if you trust this moment, Mm -hmm. you will take more medicine and we'll show you that you can trust. Mm -hmm. So I was like, fine. I sat up and mushrooms like they nauseate me. I hate the taste. I always gag. So I like slammed back this cup of mushroom tea and then laid back down. And then it was just like, whoosh. And I actually went down into a very, very dark, dark space. It was kind of like spaceship And there was this cube looming up in the middle of this room. And it was dark, but it was like sexy dark. You know, like I wasn't scared. It was kind of like that dark purple and there were stars. And I was on this weird spaceship. I'm not a spaceship person, so I don't know why I was on a spaceship. And I was all alone, but the walls were moving with like, looked like tentacles and then there was this cube, and I just heard this voice say, if you go and touch the cube, we will show you and give you everything you've ever wanted in your life. All your dreams will come true. Whoa. Everything you've ever dreamt of, anything you've ever wanted, we will give it to you. You just have to say yes. Wow! And, I had, and this is why I think it's so important to have a guide. Cause I'm in this space and I'm thinking real hard about it. They're like money, fame, fortune, whatever you want, all the things you've ever wanted, we'll give it to you. And all the answers to the universe. Right. And I was like, doesn't sound like a bad proposition. <laughs> and my guide noticed I had gotten quiet and she just said, how are you doing? Where are you? And I, I kind of explained it. She's like, do you want to say yes? do you want to be there? And I thought about it. And then something in my heart, like light in my heart just seeped out. And I was like, no, no, this is a terrible idea. Absolutely not. I do not want to be here. No. And the minute I said no, it was like scene change. I started being like transported out of the spaceship and going up. And as I was being lifted up, molasses muck was just falling off my body and i was rising 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 like leaving it behind until i came to this other ship that was all light and there was this group of people kind of in this like very roman sort of not armor but they were like very ornate i couldn't really see their faces and there was like a group of them and they were standing on this deck Mm. which i now call the leto deck and they were like hey You made it. You made the right choice. Great. Now you're here. Now let's get to work. And so what I realized is that was probably the largest, biggest test temptation of the devil, whatever you want to call it, truly the biggest temptation of my life. And the minute I had my own discernment, even in all of that medicine to say, no, like this isn't of the light. This isn't what I want. And I said yes to trust. Then I, I went up, I met the guides on the Lido deck, and then that's when I actually was shown all of these confirming things that have changed my life and, and, frankly, come to be true in many ways. That's incredible. I'm a big
0: believer in all of it. I believe in spirit guides. I believe nothing is a coincidence. So what were some of the information that they gave you that ended up coming to fruition
1: or manifesting? one of the biggest messages was just actually illustrating to me what my Dharma was. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't understand Dharma or life purpose from a heart space until integrating with my guide. And even in the moment, they just showed me like who I am and what my strengths are and like what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. And That my time is now, and I don't really want to get into the details because it's kind of personal, but what it led to was me starting Moms on Mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And they were so clear that I'm here to help women. Mm -hmm. I'm here to help mothers. Look at all the things that happened in your life that gave you compassion and understanding. And do you not think that we were there with you all along the way, that God was there with me all along the way? And I've had so many big booms in my life. And I just think it was God, like, is she going to wake up this time? Okay. Nope. We're just going to hit her again with another cyst. Nope. All right. We're going to hit her with a appendectomy. All right. She's going to go through infertility. She's going to struggle with her husband. She's going to find herself that way. And it was over and over until I finally, finally during COVID, like just broke open and I trusted the medicine and the medicine broke me open. And in that space, they just showed me everything led to this moment And then they showed me things, like I said, triangles and the power of three. I have one daughter and a husband. There's three of us in my family. My last name is T. It's three letters. Like my daughter was born at 303. It's constant. And it's a constant grid of protection that I know that we all have. I just was given the gift of like being shown because my brain needs proof. And they gave me that proof. And then it was a long conversation about trust and understanding and faith. And so... When I came out of it, my whole world was shook and I did connect with God. And there's so many things that happened that day. But within three months, I had started Moms on Mushrooms, like completely reluctantly. And that's not to say does one journey, you know, becomes a thing. It's like, I am that person and I'm also acutely aware of it, which is why I don't want to be like, I'm not interested in being an expert in psychedelics because I'm not, I'm still learning many years later. I think part of the reason why Moms on Mushrooms has been successful and been able to grow because it's just from a place of service, which is what I was shown. That's my dharma just to serve.
0: Well, I'm so curious. I wonder what would have happened when you were posed with that offering. Of you could have everything you want. And also we will show you everything, all the information about the the universe. When you were telling that story, I was thinking, God, I want to know everything about the universe because I love to know. So with you, obviously it was a life-changing journey. Besides starting moms on mushrooms three months later, did you also feel like your intuition and and any other abilities were heightened? I don't know if you have any psychic abilities or the intuitiveness that you normally would have, has it just been completely raised to a different level?
1: Yeah, I would say raised to a different level. I didn't just become psychic and I don't think many people do. I think what you can learn, and and again, I can't stress enough that this is where a guide and integration after a journey is so important. You learn to take those moments in another dimension And the lessons and then you learn to implement them and and it really just becomes a dance of trust and discernment and sovereignty and Mm -hmm. saying i was shown this out there can i implement it down here in the grocery store when i'm paying my bills when i'm driving to dance practice and that is a learned and very slow i think it requires a lot of devotion I'm very God focused. So for me, it comes into finding my connection with God and like holding that channel open. And then it's always about trust and faith. I have friends who are mediums and who are powerful psychics, and that's not me, but I have other gifts. And in this world of comparison, we make these generalizations. But I think one of my gifts is actually working with mushrooms. I was like lying down on my caught weeping under a a massive blankets. And I told my mentor, I think i am just put on this earth to take mushrooms. My journeys are really big and profound, and that's not what a lot of people have. So everyone's gifts are different. And I think it's just realizing that your gifts are nuanced and very detailed and very different, and then working with them on a daily basis intentionally. And I find that, especially with microdosing, that I'm given the little boost to work with my gifts or discover what they are, but not necessarily that I just like came out of that. And my third eye was blown open and I could see the future. It was nothing like that. I'm a big believer that not only does the plant medicine
0: call to you when you are ready, your soul recognizes that, but also that there are certain plant medicines that really resonate with you. Like for you, psilocybin is your jam, your soul, your physical body. Just, it, it just works really well with it. That's how you connect with the higher dimensions. Can I ask you, do you think that there's a, a clear connection between the fact that throughout your life you had some of these moments where it was all centered around your reproductive area, mm-hmm. the sacred feminine? I'm wondering if that came through in any of your psilocybin journeys. They were trying to really make you pay attention that there is something happening here in your body that is directly connected with you doing psilocybin, the sacred medicine, and then obviously figuring out what your purpose is in this very particular lifetime.
1: Yeah. Wow. Good job. (laughs) Way to read in on that. It's complicated for me to unpack, but the short answer is yes, absolutely. Like there's no doubt in my mind or in the minds of my teachers and the people I trust that I am absolutely here to be of service to women. That's not because I hate men. Cause I really don't. And this is probably something that's kind of like peeling back more and more is I feel like a very broad 30,000 foot view understanding of the patriarchy not from a place of like angry feminist, but of a place of like, whoa, we really got turned upside down and connecting the dots to why we got so inverted as a culture, holding compassion for the men involved in that, as well as the women, but also feeling like, in my heart, I do have flashes and they're becoming more prevalent of how many women have been killed and persecuted. It's almost something that you can't even like comprehend across all cultures of how the voice of the sacred feminine has just been completely muzzled for generations and the pain over the lineages. And so It's no surprise to me that I had a daughter that I even had one daughter because everything I do really at the end is just about her and raising her, like moving the path that's different than what my lineage was. And so the answer is yes. And I think that just comes back to that compassion piece that I spoke to at the beginning. I get what it's like not to be able to have a baby. I get what it's like to have a terrible birth and almost die. I get what it's like to be in menopause. I get what it's like to have to find feminism without a womb. Like what kind of a mind trip is that? And I get that some of my karma on this earth is to learn to love myself and learn to love my body in all of that because I haven't been in my body for so long. So It's complicated, but amazing how when you're allowed to, and I think the medicine really helps with that, especially in a larger dose journey, when you're allowed to reflect back on all the breadcrumbs of your life, you really can see a theme and find gratitude in it, even when it's hard.
0: Yeah. Even if you're resisting it, right? In the beginning, every step of the way until something happens, that really breaks you open or brings you to your knees. The other thing is for people that I've spoken with, if they are on a spiritual journey and that somehow weaves in plant medicine at some point, I really believe that in terms of ancestral and generational trauma, that in this particular lifetime, like I know that I am the one to break the cycle of ancestral and generational trauma for my family and lineage. Mm -hmm. I know that because Mm -hmm. it's been really hard work for me. And I know that it's not just about me. It's about everyone before me. And and somebody said this, which I thought was really poignant. She said, I am who my ancestors have been waiting for. Mm. And I think for you, the feeling that I get is that you are who your ancestors have been waiting for. Mm. You're doing all of this hard work, not only for yourself, but also to really heal and break the cycle from all of your ancestral and the generational trauma that has happened up to this very point.
1: Yeah. And I would add a layer onto that for me because I admittedly, like I have a hard time connecting to my ancestors. I don't know if I'm just not there yet. And I also just want to point out really fast that my first massively spiritual experience, there was no drugs. I was with my mother in a church actually in Santa Fe in Rancho de Chimayo. If anyone's familiar, there's a church there outside Santa Fe and it's kind of a Mecca It's a Catholic church now. It was, of course, built on sacred (laughs) land, but has been there for hundreds of years. And it is said that there is holy sand that's healing in that church. And people would come, especially on Easter and different times, to be healed. And so when you walk into this beautiful, very simple chapel, there's photos on the wall and there's crutches hanging from the ceiling of people who have been healed Mm -hmm. by this space. And when I walked in... I was completely overcome mm-hmm. with all of the voices. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me, I'll surprise start crying. I was filled with such sorrow mm-hmm. and pain. And that's like my empath superpower, right? I was truly brought to my knees. Almost couldn't walk out of there because I was sobbing so much. I felt everything. I felt the sorrow of lifetimes there. And the pain and the hope and the sadness and the grief, I felt it all. I probably cried for five hours. I had to leave. I walked around the whole space for, I don't even know how long. I was on a trip with my mother and my sister, left them there. And I found my mom and I barely muttered the words. And I was like, I just feel everything. I feel the prayers. And she was like, you're feeling their prayers. And... The journeys that I've had as I go deeper now, and I have a little bit more understanding of these medicine women that are teaching me in this intentional, very holy, sacred way to work with the medicine. Now, as I go deeper, maybe I'm the one that my ancestors have been waiting for, but also I think I'm the one that sees them because so much of my journeys is a real bummer because All I do is cry in anguish, but I see visions of people who weren't seen in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's like they just need to be seen and then that storyline can be released. And it's like I have to feel it so that I can carry it with me so that however I walk on this earth, I don't repeat that and that I can maybe help people find a way to do it different. But that's my connection to the past is just story after story that come in i see the faces i see the stories i see the circumstances i feel it in my whole body i grieve i wail i cry mm-hmm. and then i'm being shown again by the grace of god like how to release that in prayer and like holy respect say like thank you you're seen you know you're definitely
0: transmuting all of the grief all of the sadness whatever it was in the past with your ancestors. Just generational trauma, you're absolutely releasing it. There's no doubt in my mind. You're healing them and the process also healing yourself as well. Also, New Mexico,
1: beyond sacred ground, there's also energy portals in New Mexico. Oh, it's, yeah. That actually is one of my gifts too. I'm very like geographically aligned okay. now, and, and I'm sure you know this, the more you work with stuff, like you just get so damn sensitive to everything there's cities that I will never go back you over my dead body will you put me back into that portal because it feels like it's bone crushing and so yeah New Mexico though is one where I'm just like completely activated
0: it's so interesting when your soul opens up and your heart opens you become almost this vessel for this information and energy to flow through you it's almost like spidey senses right yeah you can just sense it you just know immediately whereas I think in the past even for me all the things that you said about being an empath and a type A resonates 100%. I always had very big feelings, even as a little kid. I cried mm. all the time. I was hypersensitive. And I think that my parents did not know how to deal with my big feelings. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I just learned that it made people very uncomfortable. Mm. So I had to push it down. Like you said, stiff upper lip. Pretend that everything was okay. Just move forward. Don't complain. Keep your head down. Yeah. There's all these other cultural things. that I do think once... You can be your whole self and embrace all the aspects of you. That's when you can really come into your own. Because I think you're doing yourself a disservice, but really the world is a disservice by not being able to express how you're feeling. That is the human experience. I feel like that's one of the main reasons we are in this human experience because we're all souls, is to be able to experience these human feelings. So if it's you're not so good. If you're not able to really express the entire range of it, and it's only certain things that are socially acceptable and comfortable for people, you're not only doing yourself a disservice in your soul, and then it manifests in physical ways, you're really doing a disservice just to the rest of humanity and to the people around you. Because you're not really bringing your whole self to the table. That's really what it feels
1: like to me. Yeah, no, I love that. The interesting thing is... When you allow yourself to feel your feelings, well, there's a couple of things. First, especially as women, and I, f- I find this all the time inside moms on mushrooms, and especially when you start working with the medicine, because the medicine, especially mushrooms whoo! it just brings those feelings right into your heart. It cracks open to your heart, and you just live in your feelings. You feel them in your body, and it's so important, I think, for women, because you begin to identify where the feelings are living in your body, so you have clues. But on the flip side of that is how to work with them. I was going to say, you know how to control them, but that's not the point. The point is how to work with them and release them. So it's actually not as debilitating because now if I need a good cry, Mm -hmm. I just go sit down and have a good cry and it's over in like five minutes. It's not all day. It's not 10 days and it's out of my body. And then from there I can go back to being, and that's not to say it's all the time. And we all go through moments, but now I'm like in this moment right now, I'm working through a lot of deep stuff. I feel like I'm like starting over kind of from that moment at the church, but I have the tools now. And so I give myself permission to go in the bath and have a good cry. I brought that up because I took a bath the night, two nights ago when I got out, my husband was like, how was that? And I go, well, it was great. I did a meditation. I listened to some music. I had a good cry. And I feel great. And it's just like that conversation would have never happened five years ago. You know, that is the process. I got it out. I sweated out. I was cleansed by the water. I had my resources. I gave myself permission to feel it. And everyone's better for it. I didn't have to bring it to bed with my husband. I didn't have to go to sleep with that inside me. And I learned something from it. The ability to do that is transformational. It's like such a buzzword, but you really are like raising your vibration when you allow your feelings just to come out. And so many women think that there's something wrong with them when they're feeling big feelings, because that's what we've been told. And, and then when you start working with the medicine, even especially on a microdosing level and the feelings are coming up, Mm -hmm. I find so many women just say, I can't stop crying. And I've I've got so much rage and I think I've got to go back on my meds or there's something wrong with me. It's not working. And our team at M- Moms and Mushrooms, we just would be like, no, like that is working. But you have to accept that is the beauty yeah. that you weren't allowed to do that. And your mother wasn't allowed to do that. And your grandmother wasn't allowed to do that. And you just crying on the way back from school drop off is so good. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you. I mean, That's the healing. I mean, that narrative
0: of women, right? If we cry, if we have big feelings, it's like either we're hysterical or we're crazy or we are... The lowering things out of proportion and being so overdramatic, there's so much gaslighting that's happened and we have internalized it and really believe that. So any hint of emotion that, again, is not comfortable for other people besides smiling and being happy is considered wrong. And that's the crazy thing, not comfortable for other people. That's the biggest thing is that it makes other people feel uncomfortable. But in turn, I think we've also internalized it in the past. Like I felt uncomfortable thinking, oh my God, me being upset and crying and yelling. It's making all these other people feel uncomfortable because I could feel the energy and the vibration. But now I'm like, I have to get it out of my body. I do not want it in my body. I have to reset my nervous system. It's not healthy for me. Just like you, I've had health issues. I know how it's all intrinsically connected and I refuse to do that to myself anymore.
1: And it doesn't mean you need to make a big scene on a street corner or in a family gathering, but you need to allow yourself to do it. I've been sitting with this a little bit. Like I've been really thinking about ether babies and the Mm -hmm. fact that they used to just knock women out when they were giving birth and the energy behind that, because That made people feel uncomfortable. The idea that you might scream and wail and tap into your sacred, most primal, and that you needed every cell in your body activated at the same time to push out a life that you've been creating for months and that they're like, nope, nope, too much, too much for us to handle. We're just going to knock her out and yank it with some forceps. I wonder if our feelings are actually the superpower. That's what's been muzzled. Because when we feel, when we allow sadness or joy or ecstasy or pain or grief to manifest and come out of us, I imagine seeing a woman in that deep whole state and there's no other distractions, just the feeling like that's the shit that scares people. And they feel uncomfortable because it's power. Yes.
0: You know, I think it's power to have ownership over your feelings and to be able to not only express them, but to also have that emotional intelligence to say, this is how I'm feeling right now. And I can articulate it. I have the vocabulary as an adult to be able to explain to you why this is making me feel a certain way. And I also think it extends not only just to women, but also to men. The societal norm is for men to never cry, to never show their weaknesses in any capacity whatsoever. And I think that is also equally a detriment. I think for men- I'm seeing in a very binary gender capacity is that we all should be able to embrace the masculine and the feminine side of us. And I think historically there's been this split. So you can really only be a certain thing. And if for some reason, God forbid, a woman shows a little bit of her masculine side, then it's like, oh, she's a bitch. She's overbearing. It's just an ongoing, interesting conversation to have because I don't have any answers. All I'm doing is doing what I can and trying to heal myself and in turn, hopefully helping to heal other people. That's yeah, all. And
1: I think it's like connecting Enjoy. the dots so that we do learn and in the way that women have been kept from being hysterical. And we could talk for hours about all the different iterations of that from chloroforming women, having babies yeah. to keeping right. them distracted with makeup and, and how they look. Yeah. Conversely, what has happened to men a complete attachment and almost addiction to violence, right? Yes. Let's keep them in war. Let's force them to kill. Let's yeah. tell them that they're good people if they kill other people. Let's keep them completely detached from their emotions. And let's keep the, in. and the, the fact is that we have both. We have the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine inside of us. And that is a truly embodied person. And so what's happened is like somehow someone just, had the loudest drum and we just split and we became singular and truly binary apart from what is inside of us and that it's tragic for men and we do it constantly it's sports it's competition it's go it's hard and the softness of their own feminine has been completely rejected and that's just as detrimental too yeah i totally agree i know we have to start
0: to wrap up a little bit because you have to get going but I'm just curious, obviously you're focused on psilocybin. Is there any other plant medicine that you are delving into with moms on mushrooms or is it primarily focused on magic mushrooms?
1: Moms on mushrooms is primor- primarily focused on mushrooms and, and microdosing psilocybin. But inside that, I believe we all have like master plant teachers and they come in and out of our lives. And I think that in this point in history and society in the needs of the busy modern Western woman slash mother i think that mushrooms is the gentlest kindest most connective way to get us back from this upside down place that we are talking about yeah for me another master plan teacher for me is cacao um such a heart opener as we know i need constantly to have my heart space open I think cacao and mushrooms are meant to be together and it's my way of creating ceremony around when I do microdose because I prefer to drink my medicine. I feel deeply connected to that. I also feel deeply connected to that culture. It comes up a lot of my journeys, very connected to hape and tobacco which is so funny because I hate things up my nose, but I do love smoke. Maybe it's the Aries in me, like all smokes. And that's come from a decades long study too of plants and the power of smoke and the cleansing power of smoke is like deeply important to me as a daily practice with my whole family, frankly. We explore all of those inside our community. And the point is that when you open yourself up to healing through sacred plant medicine or entheogenic medicine. I know mushrooms aren't plants, but like, let's just use language that we can all agree on. Then you see the world as a magical charcuterie board of amazingness. And you start to realize that there's so many helpers that God has created this Eden for us. And all the helpers are right here. You just have to go outside and trust. So we definitely encourage people to talk about all of them. And I'm certain as we grow, we'll explore other medicines. Anastasia, who is like our head facilitator and heads up a lot of our programming, has had transformational experience with Ibogaine. I've never worked with it. Still want to do ayahuasca, but I know now that that moment and that teacher will present itself to me and I will know in my body and my intuition. And I will absolutely say yes when that time comes. And I'm excited. I'm excited when it comes and who knows what else is out there. I'm excited to try all of it. Well, it will definitely
0: call to you when you are ready for sure. And yeah. it will be so clear that you will not be able to miss the message at all.
1: Yeah. You know, every time I drink a cup of mushrooms, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, there's always that moment, like, and then there's zero regrets, but this idea that we Knowingly allow ourselves to go into the unknown is again shedding so much programming that we have to stay here in this one dimension that we can see and that we don't allow ourselves to connect with the other things, which is where all the healing happens. Yeah. Tracy, we could have another conversation for the two or three hours, but thank you
0: so much for your time. It's been so nice to get to know you, and thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open. And I'm excited to see what is going to happen next with Moms on Mushrooms and for us to stay in touch.
1: Yes, and thank you for allowing me to reminisce on all my journeys. They all have just been kind of like flooding back to me in this moment. So I really appreciate that reflection. And as far as what comes next, it's just whatever the Lido deck tells me. So I just do what they say these days. So yeah, excited to learn too. Well,
0: thank you again. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Your support means a lot to me, so please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so let me know what resonates for you. Until next time, take care.